This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido at Fresno, and with me is... Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido at Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, assistant to the assistant <laughs> at Aikido <of> Fresno. <laughs> Assistant is co-assistant, assistant, I don't know, however you want to do it, whatever. Uh, yeah. Uh, Josh always has this joke that, that right. he's the assistant instructor and right. I'm assistant to the assistant. It's from The Office, you know, remember yeah. The Office? Yeah. That's a good game. We're here, we're back. We're back. We made it again um, to talk more ab- about Aikido stuff, so. Yep, here we go. Uh, Grant Templin, right? Grant Templin, yeah. So, that guy uh, hooked us up. He did, man. Some... So Grant Templin a little while ago sent us a whole bunch of questions. Um, and so we had already kind of got at one of them. And so we're going to get at another one today. Um, and we're going to kind of potpourri it with a few other mm-hmm. ideas. Um, but I feel like this is one that we have sort of danced around many times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a big and important one. I think so. Um, okay, so Grant Templin uh, calls this the virtuous cycle. And uh, he says that uh, the virtuous cycle is Ukimi improves, then Nage can improve, then Ukimi can improve. So why isn't there more emphasis on Ukimi? And um, I think what he's saying really simply with that is, you know, when you're training in Aikido, you as Nage can't really go all out unless the Uke can take it all. And so you've got to get an Uke who's kind of good. And then when you can go all out, then in order to do that, then the Uke has to get better because you're going all out. And then that means the Nage can go even harder. And then after you get past that simple stage, then it's like, well, the more specific and, and exacting the attack then the better the nage can do the correct application for that attack and so this goes on and on and on and so i think grant's like pointing at this problem which is like we only work on ukemi for a little while and then we go oh that's good enough so um first of all i'm wondering the virtuous cycle i like it i just i'm i'm wondering what he's he's with the word virtuous what he's trying to to hit out there but um that being said i think he it's exactly right. And in the thing that we've said before, which is like, um, sometimes it feels like the, the role should sort of be flipped. Right. And the thing that you should, you know, the, the place that you should be putting all of your attention or the plate, you know, should be the, uh, uke, the side, because in truth, the nage doesn't really do all that much. Right. You know, generally. Right. right. You're, you're, you're making minimal movement and providing sort of a space for the other person to fall around or whatever, you right. know, generally. Right, 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 right. Um, and so if that's the case, then, yeah, why are we spending so much time when it's like, yeah, you're just learning how to provide a uh, a stable spot, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> you know, in a lot of, right? In right. A lot of ways. Especially for demonstration purposes, sure, you know, or for you know training purposes, sure. And I mean, and I think you know, if you're talking about the martial art of Aikido as a thing unto itself, like ballet is a thing unto itself, then like that makes perfect sense that it's like, well, you should spend all your time getting perfect ukes because the nage really, if the ukemi's perfect, then the the nage's movement is almost nothing. It's it's very little, right? You know? And but, I think this, I also think this would clean up. It would clear up a lot of things like, you know, A, it would make it easy for uh, people who want to do like, oh, uh, I kid off of jabs and, you know, different things. 
they would then have to, if we were following this, like actually learn how to throw punches, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. we would think is, is not a good thing, but it, it would force them to have to be able to do that because that's all part of the thing, mm-hmm. right? Instead mm-hmm. of this weird shit that we do now where it's like, yeah, we're going to do it off a jab that looks and acts nothing like a jab does anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Does that make I, sense? I mean, that's definitely the direction that a lot of, or not a lot of, some uh, like martial Aikido schools are taking is like, we if we want to be able to deal with the thing, we should be able to do the thing. So there's a lot of emphasis on learning how to strike or, you know, knowing basic boxing or whatever the fuck. Um to be able to further facilitate what they feel right, Aikido is. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely a thing that people are doing. Um, and I mean, I think that's uh, like more valid than not doing that. Well, right. And I mean, you know, we would argue I mean, like yeah, whatever I, about it. Yeah, that's, I, that's not, I, but. I think, I think this is a point that we have to point at is that like when you're talking about Aikido as a martial art unto itself, that's all fine and well. But then if you're talking about it as a form of self-defense or something that moves outside of the martial art itself, then um, an emphasis on uke means that all you're training to do is to absorb right. the attacks of people, which I have before, and this is a podcast kind of that I wanted to make a little while ago, and it was like, uh, I don't think we could talk along about it, uh, about this long enough, but that, you know, what if, and I don't think this is true, but what if Aikido was built to teach you to be uke, period. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning that if someone attacks you, you can just flip around and not right. get broken right. and right. land right. on the ground. And doesn't matter what you do to me, I'll just flip and flop and you'll never hurt me, you know? Right, right. Um, but and that, I, I mean, <clears throat> and that sort of makes sense. I mean, that makes sense in, in the way that we always view Akimi and the thing that's happening, which is like the, the, um, the the attack is is continuous because we are able to preserve ourselves in such a way that allows us to redouble our efforts mm-hmm. back in at the opponent every time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and that's sort of the way that we look at ukemi which is like you're always trying to put yourself your center your energy back at the um at the nage he's always trying to sort of dissipate that in a different way mm-hmm. or, or you know make those harmonies but so yeah i mean i yeah, I think I think the concept of a martial art being around purely around the this idea of being able to take force mm-hmm. and, you know, be still be okay um is really mind-blowing or mind-bending to people. Like it mm-hmm. breaks the rules of what people believe martial arts to be. And so mm-hmm. I think that I mean, I think I don't necessarily think that that is what Aikido is. I don't think it's not what it is, but like even like people already have a hard time with Aikido just as it is aside from that. And so if, if, if Aikido was just about being okay that way, being able to take force or whatever, like people would go, how is that? How can you use that in fighting? I I learned martial arts to beat up my bullies or to, you know, Mm -hmm. show dominance. And Mm -hmm. that doesn't do that at all. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think like, that's what like, it's the same kind of thing with people calling martial arts like combat sports or whatever mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they they're the way that everyone's minds are set about it is that it's a thing to like a skill set to learn so that i can come out on top mm-hmm. in conflict or mm-hmm. combat or whatever you want to call it and that doesn't feel like coming out on top 
mm-hmm. to people. Mm-hmm. It's so funny though because in all the movies and stuff and all the stuff, what do you always see? You always see like people doing all sorts of crazy blends and doing all sorts of moving out of the way and ditching punches and blah blah blah. You know, that's like what you see before they break their arms or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like, so it is in people's minds that like, yeah, the cool thing to do is just not be. Uh, Unless you're watching, I guess, like Daredevil or something, but to not be hittable, you know, to mm-hmm. not be. But I mean, that, that I think you're, you're right. Like that is definitely a part of that, like this, this persona that's put forward in like media and stuff of like this martial artist or cool person. But the other half of that is like they dodge punches so they can hit back in ways that the person can't avoid you know what i mean like all the punch dodging and the sure, yeah. making I mean, angles right. and you know it's taking got falls. one purpose to dominate right it's turned <clears> around <throat> to dominate and so i think it's hard to think of it outside of that um paradigm well i personally feel like if you could be a person that uh could could never get hit or could you know take like there is nothing more dom- like what is more dominating than that if someone's trying especially if two three five people are trying to uh, attack you and you cannot be hit there is nothing even if they even if you never hurt them right um eventually they're just going to lay down and be tired yeah and how to me that's even more dominant because it's like look i uh hurt you and i didn't do anything you yeah. know like yeah. i didn't per- i didn't hit you i didn't like whatever i just sort of was cool and that to me seems more dominant than than anything but uh back to this point i think another benefit of you know kind of flipping that paradigm or or placing more emphasis on the ukemi uh, i mean a couple things are going to happen one is we're going to be forced to really uh figure out and understand how and why the techniques work right um the forms as they do whatever and then b uh everybody's gonna get better because of it i think like his his uh premise there is a hundred percent is that that's how we're gonna get better because we're not relying on the like nage to just or the uke and then to just kind of figure things out along the way does that make sense Mm -hmm. like figure things out from I don't know exactly how to say that, but now it just feels like we we just do these things, and it's kind of it's up to you to figure out even what the appropriate as the as the uke, uh-huh. um, to figure out what the appropriate uh, energy is, even mm-hmm. what the appropriate attack is, is mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. like. Do they even really? I mean, you know, it's okay you're throwing a yokum and you're coming in or you're grabbing this way, but there's no, um, there's no real direction in terms of like how are you facilitating this attack mm-hmm. um so you kind of have to do it on yourself so it's it's a long progression i think to get to where you you need to be so i think you know by flipping it we could get people to a higher level higher level quickly and really have people like now working at that highest level much faster than in the past i think yeah. I mean, it, it really all kind of depends on what what the goal is that's being done. If the goal is just to create a situation that to an outside 
bystander looks as if something amazing happened, that doesn't necessarily develop any martial ability in any way, either for a person who receives force or a person who gives force. Like, the, the, it's just a play. It's a play, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's like getting really good sure, at stage yeah. fighting. And, and I think there's a lot of people right now who think that's the thing to do yeah. is, like, get good at stage fighting. And so, like, cool. But if you're interested in taking something outside of Aikido to have something beyond just the practice of Aikido, then that wouldn't work no matter what. Like, like because you're not you're not presenting the actual situation that's going to happen outside of the exchange between two people. Well, but so let's let's move it into like a into like so let's take it in like let's say we're we're looking at it like in into like a rondori situation. So in a rondori situation, uh, most of the time we're not seeing the same kinds of attacks that we would see in a demonstration just because people can't can't necessarily take give that sort of ukimi in uh, in in a live context Mm -hmm. okay um which which is why when people look at like a rondor that we do they might not even recognize it necessarily as aikido because it looks differently because like Mm -hmm. Mm downlock so but in or so in order to make that live rondori look like the other thing the ukemi has to i have to as a uke be able to attack it at that high level you know what i'm saying what do you mean by high level well like i have to, like the I, I have to be able i have to be able to attack at the highest level possible wherein i can always sort of redouble my efforts back in like the level that we're sort of uh playing at in forms training mm mm-hmm. mhm do you know what I'm saying? Well, are the forms playing at like hot, like a high level? Like, so I think, I mean, I, I think that partially the forms are are playing at someone who's a very um, mobile uh, attacker, right? Yeah. Someone who can, who can, whose grips, uh, who stay great. You know, like Shionage, for example, that they can stay attached all the way right. around. Right? They're they're very like mm-hmm, flexible mm-hmm. and you know attentive, whatever. Um, but I mean, I think that's not the only thing that's going on with the forms. Like the other thing I think that they're getting at is a really specific niche situation that doesn't come up much. And I don't necessarily think that's because the attackers are bad. I just think that... What what situation is that? Well, like, what I mean is, like... Talking about form to form. From form, Yeah, so, like, the forms are getting at a specific set of things that happen that don't generally happen in Rondori because, like, in live stuff, the one-offs tend to work more often and you don't get down into step three, four, five. Okay, and why is that? Because oftentimes the nage is good enough. Because the uke is not good enough. See, this, 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 so this but, is what but, I'm saying. As as you build the same, you you would think logically that there would be that that it would begin to even out, right? But but we've never gotten anywhere near that because we don't really put an emphasis. I mean, to me, it always seems like the uke is. In that situation, in a, in an Aikido situation, however we look at it, um, or at least in in like training purposes, whatever Aiki, Aikido is its own thing, the Uke is the guy who has all of the talent, really. But I mean, I, I think there's other factors aside or the from skill. There's you know? other factors aside from talent, like so, like in Rondori, like it's not just because the the Ukes aren't 
like good enough, attentive enough, like like fast enough. Like it, it's about like the the situation is happening so quickly that like they can't move slow enough and attentively enough to to stick with what's happening. So it's more likely that the one-offs are going to work, you know, step one or step two is going to work and we're not going to get all the way down to step five that you would see in a form because things are moving at such a high intensity, speed, power, everything's going so quickly that like you don't have, like even someone who is a good athletic person, their minds and their bodies maybe can't um, adjust fast enough for that. Right. At least but that's my what, guess. I'm saying like the ideal is what we're, tr what we're looking at in the forms is the ideal. So we should be able to get closer to that uh, ideal if that's what we're 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 training for. I mean, I just wonder if that ideal is realistic. Enough. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, I think if we're if we're talking about Rondori, I don't know what Rondori you guys are watching, but at our school, Ukes usually win. Right. Right. Well, right. So, <laughs> so, like so I mean, we're talking about the problem backwards because it's like. Why don't we see more crazy Ukimi like we see in forms? Well, because Ukes can solve the problem quicker without doing all right. that crazy they're Ukimi. Doing different, different things. So then the right. problem is our Nages are not good enough to do the things that would require the Uke to do that crazy Ukimi in order to. Well, then I think we answered our problem. Like we saw. All right, podcast closed. 17 minutes, 29 <laughs> seconds. Did it, folks. See you next time. Well, because then I think yeah, we did solve the problem, which is going back and going, uh, you know. I mean, I, th I think we're going at this at a real adversarial rate, and, and I don't think we're going to go anywhere because I think what Grant Templin outlined is really a clever set, which is like, Uke improves Nage, Nage improves Uke, Uke improves Nage, Nage improves Uke. So, like, if you just pick a half and you go at the half, you're, you're going to, that's it. exactly right. right. And so so w if we just go at this adversarially, we're going to just go, well, then what we need to fix is Nage, because that's what we just said right now. Right. And then we go, oh, okay, then we need to fix Uke, and right. then oh, we need to fix Nage. And it so has you, to be a feedback loop. Exactly like, right. It and has so, to be. So we have to find a way to work out of that loop, and, and I don't think pointing fingers at who needs to work more is the way to get out of the loop. Like the way to get out of the loop is to look at what the training is trying to do in the first place. And if we know what the training is trying to do in the first place, then we can answer this problem right. of the virtuous loop. Uh, virtuous loop? What was it virtuous called? Cycle. Cycle. Virtuous cycle. Virtuous yeah. cycle, yeah. Right. Well, and I think part of it isn't like why it's adversarial is because it feels as if one part of that has often been ignored. The UK? Right. It's funny, though, because it's not ignored. Like, so it's ignored when we talk about it, but it's not ignored in high-level demonstrations. Because in high-level demonstrations, the person who's awesome is the person who's developed the most ukimi. Yeah. Right. No, and I think that, like, we can see that and other people can see that, but... but but somewhere along the way, there's a, a breakdown in right, that because right. otherwise Grant wouldn't be asking this question. Right. Well, and I mean, also, it would be like when some old uh, broke down ass sensei gets out there and, and takes some athletic 25-year-old who can do seven backflips in a row and land. And everyone goes, whoa, look at how amazing that broke down old man is. And it's like, no, did you see the 25-year-old who did bunch of backflips right, right, right now right. like that's clearly the dude who's awesome like clearly awesome dude and so like that's what the breakdown is and and that's what i meant when i was talking about like 
if Aikido was built to be the other way around. And so when you see people at the top of their game, those are the ukes taking the ukemi right. for the nages. Right. But we tend to keep going like, oh, it must be because the nage is so amazing that that's why those backflips are happening. Right. Well, yeah, what makes a great uke in Aikido is someone who's really responsive and like yep. light and uh, flexible and, you know, is ready. Responsive, I think, is a great word for it. Um, but when we're talking about like a, a live situation, the person right, who's right. the attacker, which is technically the same role as like uke in the sense that they're also the attacker, the attacker is not having to be responsive. They're just the one who's going hard at the the defender, right? Right. And that, so that's like complete opposite of how we train our ukes to be right and so it's the it's getting at a different concept right that that's the thing i was talking about in yeah. the beginning when i was saying is aikido the objective to create an, a harmonious interaction to anyone watching or is aikido uh, the ability to develop skills that can be taken outside of the practice of aikido right. and use self-defense or whatever you want to whatever crazy stuff you want to say i i, I don't know it, it might have been not last podcast but the podcast before where you were talking about the different um roles so like you have ukenage and then you have um protagonist antagonist mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. um and it really seems like like we're we kind of mess up our heads about it when we think about uke as the attacker because mm-hmm. ukes are not attackers they're facilitators mm-hmm, 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 they're mm-hmm. antagonists more more than attackers mm-hmm. and that seems like a silly thing because like what's the difference between an antagonist and an attacker well, because an antagonist exists in a story where right. to develop yeah to, to develop the plot yeah so the, that's the, like the thing is we're we're telling a story here right and that's really different from live stuff man it's interesting because yeah when you when you it does seem to me thinking about it now that once you get into like the uh, a ronda dory situation then it really does uh, then it really does flip back the other way um, because then it's like the nage has to be the one who is res- responsive, forcing the uke right. to do the things that he's supposed right. to do, right? And right. so, and that I think is probably also a problem when we're looking at this whole thing because, and it's like everything else. One of the things that I always find, I, that I find very um, like problematic or just like, difficult with aikido is um there's no there's no clear like delineation between what different things are doing so you never really know you know when we're doing shomenuchi ikkyo who who has who has the whose intention is what yeah. Right. Yeah. When we're doing forms, we don't know when we do when we're doing rondoi, whose intention is what other right. than to sort of be right to get like, the technique like, done to them. whatever. And so because of that, I think it's just difficult to even have conversations like this because it, it changes. So then like of, as it changes, it also changes the things that we need. Uh, right. for the thing. So right. if we want to make sure that our demonstrations look good, then we need an uke that is a certain sort of thing. That's that right. uke is going to change as he gets into Rondori. Right. He's going right. to be a much yeah. different uke. That's right. But uh, that also forces the nage to be much different than he would right. be. He's going to be much more, more like the uke. Uh, much more like the uke. That's so right. he's going to be much more mobile. He's going to be much more attentive. He's going to be much more... And so that's kind of a difficult and i don't know if that how that changes the um you know this virtuous cycle or whatever as we go into it other than like at some point the the sort of 
verbiage changes of who's doing, you know, mm -hmm. of, mm -hmm. of who becomes the most important piece of it. Mm -hmm. Does it that make sense? I mean, I, I think you kind of walked around this right now is that like the problem is that it's all everything is called uke and like it, it's like it's one umbrella term for a bunch of different stuff that's happening like depending on what we're doing right you have someone who's responsive and and uh takes the technique nicely for sensei you know versus someone who's aggressive attacking you know facilitating an intense rondori you know those are like fucking opposites mm -hmm. um and so the fact that we're calling both uke in one hand i i, I get why that is but in, I think that directs our minds quite badly to what's happening because then we think that it's one set of skills for both. And it's when it's really like quite different sets of skills that you need to be each of those kinds of ukes. And so either we need maybe some new terms to refer to them or um, need, we need to just say it out front that this well, is a completely right. different kind of ukemi or maybe we don't even call it ukemi. Well, and I also think just the the idea of the like the the roles, the two distinct, like just having these this binary thing, is is also kind of weird sometimes too, where it's like there's these two roles and you fit into one or the other as you're doing it. I'm an attacker or I'm a whatever. But then we have some like you know some uh, uh, things like you know if we're doing Kaichi Waza or Conrin Waza or something else where it's like the, they're they're switching back and forth it becomes really difficult to kind of get your head around like okay what's happening at any given time um so i and i understand why they do it especially in in as we're in the training and especially in the sessions, beginning yeah you know um is this how does this play out i in in other like martial arts you know we have there's sparring partners and other things but like do are there are there similar, like, I'm just trying to think about how these sorts of things play out in, in other martial arts as we see them. Because there usually is, like, those, you know, if I'm thinking about, you know, like, the sword finding manuals and things, their plays, there's usually, you know, the guy who's sort of showing it and the guy who's sort of learning it. Master and student kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I'm just thinking about how, how that plays out in other, and maybe, you know, is it... Has it been figured out someplace else in a different way that we could think about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty positive that uh, when you hear the word Shi'ai, uh, and so Shi'ai uh, is like a word used in Kendo or Kenjutsu or um, old Aikido, you'll see people talk about Shi'ai and old Judo, you'll hear talk about people talk about Shi'ai. But like Shi'ai... Um, uh, the she is the person who does something. They're the person who accomplishes the thing. And I is same kanji as awase, uh, is uh, matching. And so when you have a shi'ai, you have a situation where you have two people trying to be the doer, right? Mm -hmm. Like uh -huh. two people trying to get something done. Um, and so that, that in, entails struggle, right? I'm right. going to try to do, you're going to try to do, and we're going to see who ends up doing um, and then you have, um, uh, in a traditional school, you'd have a she and an uke, and the she is the doer, and the uke is the receiver. So when you see the word she used, you know that that is the person who's going to achieve the idealized result, and the uke Whatever is the one, is, yeah. right, who's going to who's going to receive the um, 
the the idealized they're going to receive the idealized result they're going to have the thing done to them right exactly right yeah and so you know you see this this used a lot and and when when we're making those distinctions that we're not both she then we're saying well someone is going to give right like they're going to give and that is basically what we have in aikido but i think the confusion you guys are talking about is a philosophical confusion and and it's why it's confusing in aikido because in aikido our idea is not to be the dominant destroyer our idea is to blend with someone else we use that all the time uh nage because that's what we use a lot uh nage or tori uh for for the person who's doing in aikido a lot um they uh they make a blend with the attack so when you say someone is making a blend with the attack, the person doing the attack is the she, right? Like Correct. so by right. the nature right. Right. of doing an attack, you became she. So the uke would be the she in this in That's this right. That's right. And <laughs> the one doing the blend is the one receiving the attack. And so that's the uke. And there was a uh, a little phrase I had read in Saito Sensei's book, and he's describing Hamni, Hanmi. Uh, and when he was describing uh, Hanmi, he was talking about um, the uke was is in this situation. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm confused because I thought I was reading about what he's saying we should do. And as I read further, I was like, oh, no, he is talking about what we should do. But because we're receiving the attack, he's calling that person the uke. But that's the person who in the form is yeah. going to be the she right right, right. and so like it's, it's inherently confusing that's because of philosophical ideas in aikido which is like yeah i want to be peaceful and cool and you attack me and so when you attack me i'm going to do something to negotiate that and so i'm not being the she exactly although in a form i'm going to perform the idealized result so i guess you would call me the she and i think that's why in aikido past old books in Aikido, you don't really see the term she used. You see the term nage. I'm the person who's going to do the throw, mm-hmm. right? right? Or tori. I'm going to be the person who does the grabbing, the, the hold, the right, final right, hold, right? right? right the, and so, like, when you see that, it's like, mm, why are we using those words to describe the other role, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. It's just, it's a philosophical right. problem with the way, and I think it's what Maya said in the beginning when I said, what if Aikido is built in backwards of most martial arts and it's just teaching you to absorb shots and Maya was like that's mind bending and so it would be hard to wrap your head around that and it's like yeah it's mind bending and so when you do that you end up with this nage uke relationship problem you know I think what's especially difficult about this philosophical problem right now is at least the way that 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 our dojo sees aikido is like sometimes you have to give sometimes you have to take there is aiki and ki and both are needed to accomplish the person's goal of staying safe and right, so you yeah. need to have both and, and so that's that, true that's on, freaking on, bo- both, on sides. both sides yeah. right that's and that's what we're, yeah what's an ex- what an exchange is is like someone's right. attacking you right. and sometimes you're going to give some space and sometimes yeah. you're going to take some space and so if we have those labels flipping around to whoever's giving and taking, then we get really confused about who's learning the system of Aikido in, or who's practicing right. the technique which represents the, the person a, doing Aikido in this scenario versus the person who's not necessarily doing Aikido. And that's what Aikido. happens in all the forms. That's what right. happens in all the forms. So you yeah. don't know. Am I taking this down, this person down to pin them because uh, I have something in my arm, my hand that they're wanting to take from me? Or do they have something that they're attacking me with that I need to right. uh, control and take from right. them, right? And we right. don't, that's not explicitly said. You can think about it. Um, and if you think about it for any sort of g- given amount of time, you would probably come up with it. But it's not explicitly said. And they sort of flip back and forth. And I think, at least for me, 
for so long, it was all the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that makes it really difficult because then you get this stuff. We had it uh, a little bit practicing for my test where it was like, um, how would I do this technique if I, if, if I had a knife in my hand? Mm-hmm. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, the, how would I do this form rather? Right. Uh, well, you wouldn't do this form. Right. This you, form is built for right? them to have the knife <laughs> right. in their hand. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, how, 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 Gokyo, for example, you know, how, how does a Gokyo come off if I have a, a knife differently than if you don't? Right. <laughs> for sure. For right. sure. Right. 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 Um, but that's like, and so that's something that like, it's just a weird kind of thing that we have to, to push through. What's so silly too, I mean, you've already said this, but like, it's just like the meta layers and the meta layers on top of those layers is like trying to suss out who's doing the Aikido when we're practicing and who, who gets the label of the doer versus mm-hmm. the doe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, on t- like, so you could say that one person's practicing what is the idealized Aikido thing that we want to do and the other person's, you know, providing an attack to facilitate that. Um, and, and you could say that that's one person's doing Aikido and one person's not doing Aikido, but we're all on the mat doing Aikido. So right. we're all doing, like, even if you're being the attacker, facilitating the situation that the person's practicing, you're still doing Aikido because right. we're on the mat practicing Aikido. Right. So, like, in the level above that, like, as soon as you step on the mat, we're all doing Aikido no matter if you're, you know, throwing a ski or doing the Kodagaish. Like, right. It's, right. it's all Aikido. Right. right. And, you, and you're... <laughs> And <laughs> and if you're doing it correctly, everything should be you should be getting a feedback loop on your on your on yourself. So as your as Uke, I'm providing uh, energy for someone. I'm also feeling the way that energy is being received, so that when when it happens to me, you know, when we flip roles at some point, I am now going. Oh, I remember how that felt right. when I was you know taking taking the energy and that's so, that's what i thought of when 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 chris read grant's um uh question comment whatever you want to call it um is is that is that's the loop is like the better that you get at providing the situation as the uke the better you get at the nage at identifying the situation right and vice versa and so that's why the higher you go the better ukemi you should have is because you know exactly how to give them the right scenario right. to give the you know to have the code of guys so i think where the problem comes in though is because we haven't historically paid enough attention to the uh ukemi uh th- there's a breakdown kind of at the beginning in terms of the uh nage being able to 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 give it back you know you know what i'm saying so so the the problem we have in the beginning is identifying what it is that's supposed to be happening so like you know when you get a bunch of brand new guys doing aikido and they're uke they just fall down they don't do anything they just fall down right so they orbit and then they fall down and they take a roll and that's what they do um, <laughs> or they, they just completely stop the technique <laughs> yeah 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 that's that's what they do because like i mean i'm saying someone who who thinks they're being being uke right oh, oh, you know got like it, got it, not got someone it. who thinks they're and, and that's another uh, <laughs> sorry no it's, it's, fine. it's fine it's fine it's fine it's just it's, it's just another ro- route to go down which is like when people want to be uke by giving the hardest most un unattackable position possible like that's a that's another route um but but like so when you you get roadblocks lots of roadblocks yes yeah so when you get someone who's just falling down for anything 
I would say they're being horrible uke because they're just falling down. But now if you look at the exchange as being an exchange about someone just falling down after someone else does an Aikido-like thing, a Kodogaisha or a Nikkyo or Iminage, then it's like, well, they did exactly what uke is supposed to do. So the, the uke training we run into is what is uke actually doing in this situation, right? And I think that's what Josh is sort of getting at is like, because there's not a conversation about what uke is trying to do the assumption is i'm supposed to fall down because that's what you know jim did with sensei when they were up in front of the class jim fell down so i'm supposed to also fall down or or they're (laughs) assuming that like or they're believing that the nage is doing something that is facilitating them falling down when when it really is like and i mean they are i guess see this is again where we get into issues but um you know they're leaving it on the the nage to show them where they're supposed to be or or where they're you know like that's what i think goes through people's mind is like i'm providing an attack which is i'm coming in the nage will put me where i need to be yeah does that make sense yeah which is not what's actually happening right yes and that's the problem yes yeah it, what is actually happening like why the uke would do so why we even have this form like why the form even exists i don't think the form exists because people said hey we want to do a a dance like thing that looks cool right i I don't think that's initially what happened what initially happened was one guy said hey how do you stop a punch or how do you stop a thrust to the stomach and another guy said thrust me in the stomach and then one guy threw the other guy on the ground and then the guy said how did you do that and he said well, let me take you step by step through what happened, right? Now, if you go from that premise, we understand what the initial attack was supposed to be and why everything came off of that. But if we just go, oh, I want to do a thing and I want you to fly through the air, then the initial attack gets muddier and muddier and muddier because it's really just there as a placeholder to get through to the fly through the air and look cool because we're trying to achieve an aesthetic, right? Right. So like the, the problem... In with this loop is what is it we're trying to do, right? So like, Uke can no longer. So directly to directly to Grant's question, Uke can no longer be Uke in order to make Nage better. Because in order for Nage to be better, Uke has to become she in order to get right. Nage. <laughs> and then Nage has to be she in order to get Uke. And then we have she I, right? right? Like that's the only way to actually get better outside of Aikido mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stuff. Sure. Yeah. yeah and yeah. then inside of Aikido, the all you need to do is have a guy who can acrobatically take things and make a situation look awesome. Right. And that's what all these, you know, like 25-year-old awesome looking people who take all the Ukimi for all these badass senseis, that's what they are. Yeah. And I think when we're trying to get to that concept on the mat, like not the look cool in front of everyone concept, but trying to mock up a situation where there is a um, a play, so to speak, that's happening. Um, the difficulty is that we think that the attacker's role's mostly done once they provide the initial right attack. ski or yokoman or right. whatever it is, right? And we think that they, they like, I think uh, most people just kind of go dead once they have yeah. finished their showman. And then it's up to Nage to do the throw, to do the thing. Right, right, right. And it's all screwy because there is the uh, the 
attacker should still be active. And I don't mean active as in moving their body, but I mean providing specific um, stimuli or however you want to say it to the Nagi to continue through the technique. Right. Um, because I think we, we have this issue. I mean, this is a, a thing with, with martial arts is this concept of like time. Like martial arts exist in time, what? not. Well, I mean, I think people see them as like snapshots, like photographs. No, I know, yeah, you know, I think you're exactly right. Like the way that people read martial or uh, learn martial arts through books is just by like, oh, here's, here's a picture, here's a picture, here's a picture, mm-hmm. here's a picture, right. here's a picture. What happened between uh, frame one and frame three? Please <laughs> fill me in. Right. <laughs> like, but I think for whatever reason, when we think. Um, I, and I know this because it's how my brain has thought about things in the past of like, when I think of Shihonage, I have like maybe a picture or a gif in my head rather than a movie. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm missing those pieces like that make it a full thing. And so when I think about it, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm taking all the life out of it, all the color out of it. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what happens when people try to recreate what's in their head or what they saw which is just a, a snapshot or a picture rather than Josh does this, I do this. And then Josh responds with this. And then I move this way. And then Josh does this. And then now we're on the ground and I'm pinning him. You know, like that is what it is like rather than Josh does this. And then I do a technique. Well, you and, know, and the other thing I think is so much of Aikido is dependent upon, uh, well, all of it is dependent upon timing. Yep. Um, and there are lots of different timings, like way, you know, the three that we've probably talked about before, but, and then shades within all of those that will also, uh, change the way that a technique or a a form, let's say, uh, comes off dramatically. Right. Two different, like, and I've seen it because I've seen people doing like variations on blah, 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 same technique. The only difference really they're looking at is time, right. but they're showing it is, you know, here's this version of this and, you know. Right, right, right. Um, and we don't even, that's another thing that we don't even really get into necessarily as deeply as we we can. That also sort of um, confuses or, or, or morphs the sort of relationship between the, the uke and, and the nage. I mean, I think Maya uh, used a word that was really useful for this. Uh, I mean, you know, like, I, I, I think the question is, why don't we spend more time making ukes good ukes to make Aikido better? And so uh, my 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 statement to that is, what makes Aikido better? And when Maya said the word, um, you know, when you have a play, right? So I mean, looking at a form like a play, and it's like, you know, most ukes think that their role is done the second they deliver the attack. So I throw a uh, yokoman, and then after the yokoman, I just kind of do whatever, and that's being a good uke. Well, that would be like in a play if I just delivered my lines. No, you cad, you right. stole my mother's purse, and right? Then, and then you shut down. That's after right. That and right. You, and you even waited for your the person to say it exactly right. With, yeah, exactly yeah. right. And that's you a bad know actor. when you see that, like in a kid's play or something, it's just so horrible. Um, that, that, that it's like, that's not like reality at all. 
And so then you start saying like, okay, well, we need to work on the people who deliver the lines. And then you realize in that, and this is the virtuous cycle I think Grant's, Grant's talking about, which is like you realize that the person delivering the line is always changing. So it's not like there's one person in the in the play who delivers the line to set it up. Right. That person then sets up the thing for the next person, which sets up the thing for the next person. We call this whole thing a play, right? And that's what's happening in Aikido. And I think that's what Grant would say is the, the virtuous cycle. But it's like, you know, he's just saying like, why don't we teach all the support? Supporting actors to be better actors because then they will make the lead look better. Right. And, and that's fine. That's a fine way to look at it. But see, then to me, the question, like the meta question of all this is, do you think by being awesome in a play about Navy SEALs that you will then be a Navy SEAL, <laughs> right? And you, you won't be, right? So the only way to be a Navy SEAL is to do that which Navy SEALs do, right? Uh, or whatever the thing is, yeah. right? A boxer, then, you know, if you're in a play about being a boxer, then, you know, because you know how to make it look like you throw a good punch or receive a good punch, you don't actually know how to throw a good punch or receive a good punch because that is only learned through the active endeavor of clashing with someone else and them trying to overcome you and you trying to overcome them competition right and then sorry this concept of like seeming like something is different than actually being something right i think is really hard to get at and i don't know there's a a book that uh chris and i are reading and there's a system of magic in it and one of the systems is illusion and another one is changing and they seem the same right like you can make the illusion that, that i'm a bird or I can actually become a bird right. and they're different and they require different skill sets. And I think it really nicely gets at that concept of those are two completely different, both valid, important areas of magic, but they're different, 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 different things, skills. Different things. And I think that, that, that a lot of people have a hard time, especially in martial arts, wrapping their head around the fact that looking like a ninja is different than actually being a ninja. Right, that's right. And so so I think this is the first problem, like the seeming like something versus actually being something. And then I think you tack on top of that one more complicated problem, which is the philosophical difference between what Aikido people are doing and what other martial arts do. Because when I said that right now, that it's like, look, the only way to get good at dominating someone else is to go head to head. And that's how you actually sharpen your skills. But in Aikido, when it's a martial art that's not about clashing and dominating someone, well, then how the fuck do we train it? So then we think, well, the only way to actually train it is to seem like it and to show something that approximates it. And if we do that over and over and over, we'll become that. But that's like, you know, doing six years on Broadway as a as a boxing expert and then go go get in the ring and you think how you're going to do well you know like you're not right so it's like it's a it's a it's a it's a multi-layered problem that like is real hard to get at and like you have to jump out of thinking what the cycle is right which is is it more important to be new uke or is it more important to be nage right because that's a chicken or the egg and then you realize both chicken and eggs came from microbes and and you're like "Oh, oh okay got it can uh we say to uh Grant's point, or or the what I would assume is the con the the subtext to his point that we don't spend enough time talking or training or looking at ukes, uh, ukemi. Can we can we answer that question like real directly? Yeah, like real directly. Like we do do because I think that's the subtext of all this, right? right? Like, why is he asking the question if he doesn't think right. that we should be spending some more time? Okay, so all of the things considered, do we would we say, yeah, we could definitely spend more time? I mean, sorry, maybe I'm misunderstanding, but that's 
not necessarily what I got out of the question. Maybe I didn't read it directly, but like when he's talking about this cycle, like I just think he's saying that they both feed off of each other. Well, at the end, he said, "Why don't? What was the? Why don't we spend more time working on it?" Oh, like he literally. Sorry, I missed that part. Thank you. Um, I I mean, I think to that point, then like we just have to restructure the way that we talk about both of them. Like that it's because I think we spend a lot of time on Ukemi in a sense, but is it the kind of Ukemi that we want? Right. The, 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 yeah. Well, okay. So the, I mean, that's my question. Like, do we think that um, however we want to phrase it or talk about it, do we think that it gets the appropriate amount of attention in whatever way we think it needs to get uh, attention? I, I, I think, I think there's this like, kind of confusion thing going on here so so like in order to answer that question what you have to say is what is what is better so so the the like subtext to this question is if we want to get better at aikido why don't we work more on uke because uke makes nage better and nage makes uke better you know like so the subtext is how do we get better at aikido and so if we want to get better at aikido then shouldn't we work more on uke is basically kind of what's being said here you can't answer that question unless you know what better is and is better looking like aikido or is better being able to defend yourself or and okay would you say that those are Going back to our conversation before and talking about Rondori versus the forms and how they sort of flip, do you think that it sort of it also flips what you would say, like how that relationship sort of plays out? Like, and I know we said that it's 50 50 and you got to leap, but knowing that uh, when we're doing forms, the person who's doing the Akimi is is the is sort of facilitating and, and making it look good. So therefore we should spend time to give them what they need. On the flip side, the the when we're doing Rondoy, it's the, the, the Nage that's sort of doing more acting in that role. So depending on how we answer the question you're proposing, does that sort of directly correlate to whether or not we're going to say yes or no about whether yeah i mean I, I think i think if we make a clarification um in order to make aikido demonstrations look better shouldn't we focus more on uke's training the answer to me is yes and and that's actually exactly what already happens it probably only happens for those who are the creme de la creme of physicality in the dojo because watch like in your dojo look at who the most physical people are who can take the best ukimi and watch how much time is spent teaching them to take awesome ukimi mm-hmm. meaning the teacher uses them all the time in class right, to right. give the demonstrations the teacher works with them on oh don't high fall like that you should high fall like this or works on them with with timings of things because the teacher is isolating that person to make them good in demonstrations right. and so if the goal is demonstration then the teacher is taking the people who have the most high potential to do good demonstration and then they're making them the best uke they can be right. now if you're not that person then you might not be seeing that side right sure. so like i know the time that i was being prepped for that in my school you know and it's like oh chris can take good ukemi and it's like there was all kinds of extra special work done right. with me because it's like well when i get up in front of people to show other people i can you know, I'm going to use Chris because he can take these fly, these flies through yeah. the air, high fall stuff, right? So like, yeah, but you have to, like to me, in order to make, you have to say what better is. Like right. if you don't say, because 
Sure. That's not being focusing on uke is not going to make you better at practically applying so it in a self-defense this situation. This is why I ask because, you know, when we're doing our practice and applications classes, we're doing a lot of work on what would be sort of the the nage right. role. Right. All of it is right. that. That's there's right. no in fact there's no instruction at all in terms of how the like even the ukemi should be giving for like there's no there's it's, none. He doesn't even say the word ukemi. It's, it's, it's just outside attacker. of. That's right. Yeah. Outside of what so we're doing. So that's why I'm sort of asking. And and in that case, it doesn't seem as important, like thinking about it now, regardless of what I may have said at the beginning of this podcast. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like that's like how I attack in that doesn't really seem important. Nope. Uh, in fact, I think you should attack in the way you find best. Right. And then if you find some way to attack that thwarts our our doers, then, then I will find a skill. I will find right. some way to stop you so from doing right. that, and I will train our doers in doing right. that. And that's, and that's different than that's right. uh, diametrically different than how we would do it in That's in right. Ball. Exactly right. Because training you to take my idealized attack is just – limiting myself to my ideas of what an attack can be and like if you want like and that's why you have to go she versus she in order to develop skills because the other person's trying to win and so like i don't i don't i don't want you guys to be the best attackers on earth i mean the better you get at attacking cool and if someone who was really good at attacking came in great thanks for coming in but that's not my goal my goal is to teach you how to deal with the attackers coming in right yeah i think it's it's hard because i can see how this road happens because two things one with as you you develop a martial art so i imagine at the inception of aikido right like you go oh wow um people are not falling right uh people are hurting themselves so i gotta teach them how to fall better so then that's how you start spending more time on that but that time starts to take away from the time where you're actually learning the 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 system of aikido or whatever you want to call it the, the doing that you're doing right um and then secondarily there's also the the demonstration piece, which is like, oh, in these instances where we need someone to look look cool, right? Like we start working on that, um, and and then the the further you go down that let's look cool path, the more time you spend in class working on how to look cool, and so then the more ukemi needs to be done and taken. And That's exactly right. The, the less I, time we have spending doing the, the the nage stuff. I will say it's interesting because I also feel like the answers are also there. So like. Uh, th- so thinking about this right now, like as the uke in the Rondori situation, right? Or the attacker in the Rondori situation, like what I am wanting to do is the thing that, that you would be looking at in like the high end demonstrate, like that's how I'm like that. Those are the answers on both, on both sides. Does right. That, right. Yes. Sense? Yeah. Yeah. It's just two halves it's, of the same thing. Right. And right. so it's like, um, it's just interesting because it's like, you know, in that situation, you're not telling the attackers how to attack. But by doing it, they are going to figure out the right way. And get, right. And, and that way is going to look very similar. And this is sort of what I was talking with, with you, Maya, before about like getting to that high level. It's going to look very similar to what they're going to be trying to do is going to be similar or not the same. As, w- as what we're sort of mo- mocking up in the forms. Right, right, right. Just by the the sake of what it is. In the same way that the, the Nage is, in the same way that the Nage's thing is playing out that way, you know. So, that's what I think anyway. Or yeah, how I, no, I mean, I think that's right. How I, I, think how that's I right, see is it that coming for myself. The attacks that will get 
played out will be the ones that already exist. Yeah. It's just hard because I think what we're talking about is like the institutionalization or the like, I don't know, um, can't, like what we make into the Aikido canon as we spend more time in more dojos doing more things. I mean, from the inception until now is like, what do we want Aikido to be? Oh, it's this institution now where people come and look at it. And so, of course, we have to spend more time on how we look and make of course, it look like what people yeah. came to see. And secondarily, we want to have lots of students that stick around. So we have to make sure to do things that keep them safe, right, like teaching right. them how to fall and take, right. you know, take force. And so that's all ukemi. So like, of course, it, it's, it's kind of unavoidable. And with what we do and we like this aesthetic thing, it's even more so that we want to focus on, you know, being able to take force and this is our aesthetic and here's how we look. Like that all rolls nicely into where we are now, which is like this kind of ukemi that doesn't at all resemble, like we talked about earlier, how attackers are. Right. That they don't give a shit and that it's not about taking force from you. It's about giving force to you. Right. <laughs> and that's right. what they, that's what an atta- a real life quote unquote attacker is like. That's right. Um, it's just Until they crazy. get smashed in the face or smashed on the ground and smashed on the, you know, because that's right. the sort of thing that plays out, right? It's like if, if the nage is better than you, um, then you're going to get hit and smashed and blah, blah, blah. And so what are you going to do? Learn how to take force. Right. So then that loop comes back right. in back, the opposite in the way that it would for the for the forms of demonstration. I guess, May. I mean, maybe not always, but it's like the ideal thing would be to have training partners who aren't your training partners. What I mean by that is like if we could be in the matrix and like Josh, you know, we're training partners in the sense that we're both Aikido students, but I wouldn't train with Josh. Right. right. I would You'd train, train with a bunch of AI. Right. I would train yeah, with a bunch right. of AI who would attack me in exactly the ways that I need yep. to learn Aikido. Tasha Yar, Aikido one. Exactly. That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's Tasha what Yar. we would need. So Good now stuff. we've really officially answered the question. <laughs> yeah, AI. So if you're listening, Google. AI. And we know that you are. You are. Can go ahead and make us Aikido one. <laughs> right. But unfortunately, we can't do that. So we have to provide that for each other. And that's where all the weirdness comes in. Yep, you got it. (laughs) Because we're humans and humans are weird. Yeah. So there was that very decisive answer. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was a decisive. Can I just say? Can we call that the, can that be the title of this episode? Decisive answer? No, we're humans and humans are weird. No, we're humans and humans are weird. That is true. So, I'm sorry. Go. No, no. Okay. Just, it's just a. Um, uh, this is. I think this is a safe space. So I'm just gonna be vulnerable for a second. Oh boy. And say that. So, so you know, uke and nage kind of sound similarly. Like they kind of not rhyme uke, exactly. Nage, uke, yeah, nage, yeah, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have a. So they're, got, ja- they're both Japanese words. Right. right. <laughs> they're well, Japanese words. Shut up. Like, you know what I mean, right? Like they they sound sure, similarly. Right. They have a, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Um. So so you know, uke turns into ukemi. And uh-huh. so in my head, sometimes nagemi. nagemi is what goes in my head. And I have to go, no, that's not a thing. Stop. <laughs> I did not think that that's where this little thing was okay, going. This is, is to, great. Okay, I love ukeme it. As, nage, nage is, is to, to nagemi. Nagemi would be to, to, to throw with your body. Throw with your body. I mean, that's not horrible, right? No, I guess it kind of makes sense. Goofy as fuck. (laughs) But anyway, whenever I think about like what I'm trying to say, and that that word Uh, that doesn't exist pops into my head, I'm like, no, stop. That's not real. I love that. That's great. 
What's our time looking like? Oh yeah, we're, we're we're there. Fifty eight minutes. Oh man, yeah. that one went longer than I, than I thought. Well, yeah, because we had oh, to go we, through the weeds. We ended it seventeen minutes twenty nine <laughs> seconds. Then we just <laughs> then we just chatted. <laughs> no, we definitely did let's, not. Let's uh, let's go ahead. No, not for me. I'm still not done with it. <laughs> we could revisit this next week. I'm happy to. Um, let's thank our patrons who make it possible for us to have these kind of crazy in the weeds conversations. It logged me out. Hold on. And I think from everything that the response, like they enjoy it. I guess Who's so. They? The the patrons. Oh yeah, they enjoy it. They're all about it. The banter? Well, just the yeah, the in the weeds kind of stuff cuz they keep throwing stuff at us. Yeah. They should know better at this point. Yep. We're gonna <laughs> They're all secretly like, I wish this podcast is in, they just figure out I could already be done. Be done, guys. Come on. Uh, I, made, right. I made a teenage ninja mutant. Uh, you did. Yep. Wait, Out of a thing. It's, it's a, a teenage mutant ninja, ninja turtle right there. Look at that. That's, That's um, not very audio friendly. No. You have to descri- yeah. Now you have you, to describe. Yeah. Yeah. There was the USB cord sitting here, and I uh, I morphed it until it became he the head of a teenage mutant ninja turtle. Tied it in a way. Yeah, it's that looks real good. Yeah. Art. 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 Um, thank you so much to our pod, our podcast. Our yeah, thank you to our podcast. <laughs> to our podcast. Podcast. Thanks, self. Um, thank you to Jim Sullivan, William, Glenn Hunt, Spain Abney, Logan, you can't question the High Fall Heinrichs. Hey. Adam Nicholson, like Matt Whalen, the Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris Comouth. Congrats on the showdown, or sorry for the no don, but hopefully Modon to come. Uh, sometimes I stop and wonder about life, but other times I just keep rolling. Hey. I like that. Uh, Brad V, Yarrow, same to you, Majorna. Uh, ampersand Brooke Ferragamo Ben really enjoyed the last podcast Aldrich <laughs> all right all right <laughs> Tommy Siv Francis Cardone uh check messages for a show on gift for Maya I think Ooh. we yeah yeah oh, I forgot to give that but to we Josh yeah. Yeah. That's right. uh Dave Dewberry Ascension Center Barrett Lippy Sam Sulian Ocon Ayrton Randy Stewart Hillary Jones Constantinos Andrew friends sometimes I pay attention Martinson Yuli Simgu Brian Crowley Lisa Klein Sharon Okada Christopher Acido Matt Mumford Grant Templin and Lenny Acuna there I had is. to speed up at the end there because it was like yeah you weren't slow at first. you weren't gonna get through it. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna pass away. You're gonna you pass through that list. Thank God <laughs> you, you hit your out. head. Then we're gonna have to do a whole thing. We ran out of tape. If I had to do if <laughs> I had to do that in one breath, I wouldn't. Remember, uh, you don't remember. <laughs> Just uh, one breath. Chris remembers Macro Machines. Remember? Oh yeah, I remember them. Really fast, really awesome, great. Yeah, super yeah. Super yeah. Super machines. What is, uh, what is that? You just have to look it up. But it's too hard to explain. Um, Thanks for letting me in on that inside joke. There used to be these little, um, these little machines no, you could look. buy, and they would build you whatever you wanted. You just whisper to them. You'd say like, "Please build me a house," and then it would just build your house. And then rich people got really upset about them, and so they got rid of micro machines. Yeah, <laughs> nanotechnology is just yeah. you what the. Maya is so mad at us. I feel like you're lying to me. What? So mad at us. What's the tip of the week? <laughs> It's our tip of the week. You got my brain all all boggled. <laughs> this is the real. This was the real showdown test right yeah. here. Yeah, I, I don't think I passed. I feel <laughs> stupid as fuck right now. Uh, tip, of the, tip of the week. You got anything for us? <sighs> no. No, no I don't. This is, the, this is the week we don't the have end. one. This the is the end. week we don't have one. I'm fine with that. That's fine. I yeah. Earlier no. in the podcast, I was like, I should think about this, yeah. and then we really went into the weeds, and I was like, I need all my brain power for trying to understand what Josh is saying. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> uh, I think uh, 
so you know i think that a good tip would be like paying attention to your role and what it is you're doing on both sides and and not only what you're doing but but what you're getting out of it on both sides um so to put that full 50 you know to get your full 100 percent in each time right so if i'm nage i'm giving 50 percent, let's say of the interaction but i can be receiving the full 100 percent if i'm paying attention to what's happening does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Or even better, give 60 on both ends, and then you get That's right. a little 120, and then you take that 20 and go to lunch with it. That's right. right. That's right. That's what you do. That's what you do, folks. Life hack. Aikido yeah. hack. Aikido hack. Lunch <laughs> <laughs> is on me. What the fuck? <laughs> this was a good one, guys. Yeah. 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 We got to the bottom of that it shit. It was a good one. Next time, probably not going to be as good, but we'll be here. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>